Come on. Come on. Somebody say good morning. Good morning. It's a good morning. You better get that powder out your throat, that first word that came out on a Monday morning. Good morning. My God. Let's start that again. Paul. Good morning, everybody. What's going on? It's a good Monday. Good morning. It's a blessed day. I don't know if it's going to get any. It's getting Ooh. bad. It's coming, it, coming out. Tonight. It's an acceptable day. Push it out. It's a beautiful day because, listen, it's the day in God's neighborhood. That makes today a brighter day. Oh, my, my, my. I got some hot tea right here. Go ahead and, and feel free to take it over. Listen, today's a beautiful day. It's the day that the Lord has made. Listen, if yesterday was a bit dark and gloomy, then guess what? Know today that God is thinking of you truly. Listen, this is Brighter Days in the Morning. I'm Prophet J. Prophet is me. And this is Brighter Day Morning Show. I'm one of the... I'm messing this thing up, starting off the break of my God. Listen, I'm one half of the Brighter Day Morning Show all by myself. I'm not that good flying solo, but I tend to think we make a dynamic duo. We're like two peas in a pod, not twins, more like Twix. We give you something sweet, but with some real substance in the mix. That means you have to chew on what you heard and what you learned. And everything is always Christ's perspective, and we apply it with the word. Listen, we are simply a voice to provoke and inspire, but to cause an awakening in you. That's our greatest desire. That awakening brings life. And when we speak, we're simply speaking the keys of life. Listen, this is Inspiration360radio.com, home of inspiration, motivation, and, and transformation. transformation. Listen, it's a good day. It's a beautiful day. This is going to be a good week. It's a good Monday. We're starting off right, and we're going to bless God even this morning. So listen, as always, we always say this one thing. We say, if you didn't get a chance to go before the Lord this morning, guess what? I open an invitation. It's an open invite to come on and take a moment. Let's just to pray. And so listen, God deserves the glory. He deserves the honor in spite of all we go through, in spite of the letdowns, in spite of the things that take place. Listen, we are to always remember the Lord. So guess what? That's what we're going to do. So we're going to look to the Lord and we're going to go before the Lord in prayer. And we're going to trust God that this has been, that this is going to be a good week, that this is going to be a blessed week. We're going to trust God and believe that we're going to get some good news this week. That we, we're tired of hearing about all the negative things that's going on in the media, in the world today. We, we're looking this week for good news. We're looking, we're going to look up and have a po positive attitude and perspective and believe and trust God that, you know what, we're going to get some good news. And listen, even if good news is not coming at your doorstep, I'm going to still speak of the good news. For that is the gospel. Gospel is simply the good news. So guess what? In the midst of it all, we can still speak good news. Good news. So let's go before the Lord. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Father, we start this morning, and the first thing we're going to say is thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. Father, we thank you for being right there in the trenches with us. Father, thank you for always being there with us, Father, even at times when we were not there for you. So, Father, this morning we're going to start off right. God, if some of us didn't get a moment to pray, God, we're starting over again. We're getting a fresh start. We're getting a second chance, God. So, Father, good morning. We honor you. We thank you for our lives. We thank you that you've allowed us to sleep through the night. God, some of us may have been angry, may have been bitter. Some of us may have been hurt. Some of us, must, us may still be hurting even yesterday, some who may not have a father in their lives. So, God, I honor you and I thank you that, God, that we are alive today. 
I thank you, Father. I thank you for the activity of our limbs. I thank you that we can live, that we can move, that we can breathe, and we have our being. So, Father, we're careful to make sure we say thank you for this day. Thank you that you're alive. Thank you that you're well. Thank you that you consider even me. I thank you, Father, that you even consider the least. God, you are mindful. And your word says, who are we that you are mindful of us? But, God, not only that, we're your servants, but your word. In the word, it says that we're your friends. So, God, I'm honored to know that you're my father. You're my master. But, God, you call us friends. So, Father, forever I give myself willingly to you. So, this morning, Father, I pray that you take control of the day. I pray that you take control of this week. I pray that you take control and what's going on in our lives. Father, you give man, you give woman free will. So, God, we, we are not controlled by you, but we have a will. We have a choice to choose to do for you. Now, Father, on this week, I pray that, God, that you intervene the situations that we need you to move in most. Father, we look to you. Your word says, I will look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. So, Father, I have to look up. That means I have to look up every time to find my help. I have to look up and look towards you. Father, I thank you. Father just like when Peter got off the boat he had to look to you for help father when he began to sink he yelled out and cried out and you extended your arm and he looked up and you were right there but father when we look up to you that is where our help lies so father we honor you father I pray that you touch each heart today God that you touch the weary heart father that you touch the weary soul the weary mind God the one who feels like giving up I speak that this is a day that we will not give up but I speak that this day that we will push like never before that we will press like never before that we will not give up father God I honor you for father I know you are in the midst of all we go through but father all things are working together for your good and God we honor you this morning so before we make any petitions or any requests for our own lives God the first thing and the thing that we need to say is thank you father for the this day for you are a good God so we honor you God and I bless you and I thank you that even as your spirit is in the midst in the booth in the studio even now God we honor you I honor you not speak to the weary heart I speak to the weary soul to the one that wants to give up I speak peace to you in the name of Jesus Christ I speak this is a blessed week I speak that today is a blessed day in spite of it's a good day it's a blessed day. It's an acceptable day. It is the day of the Lord, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. And we bless your Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. 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 And listen, I want to say this even while I'm here at the praying. I just want to say this. You know, for the weary heart, the Bible says, Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season you're going to reap. That key word is if you faint not. So listen, sometimes life may throw us challenges and it may feel weary at times. We may feel like sometimes we don't even want to get out of bed. But guess what? Keep pressing. Keep pressing. Don't be weary in your well-doing for in due season. There's a season that's going to come for you that you will reap if you faint not. There's another scripture that says I will press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling for us that are in Jesus Christ. So let me say this. In your weariness at times, in your tired place, in that place, in that stupor where it's like, I don't feel like moving. I don't feel like being fit. I don't feel good to do anything. Keep pressing. Keep pressing. Keep pressing. Sometimes it seems like you can get off course. And the Lord always serves as that GPS that every time you get off the direction, the street called straight, you'll hear that small voice that say, please make a right turn. Get back on the road. And so the Lord serves just like that. 
Many times we deviate and get off the street called straight that God has the path for our life. And we can deviate and take a corner or take a turn and we'll park there. And years might go by. And let me say this, get back on the road. Even when you're driving and uh, you roll over a nail, you got to pull over if the air gets let out your tire. You got to pull over to the side of the road, knowing that you got to be somewhere, but you pull over and you got to patch up the tire. You got to plug it back up or you got to change the tire. But guess what? As soon as you do that, you get right back in the car and you keep it moving. And we get back on the road and you keep going towards your destination. So I'm saying this to you, press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling. For those in Christ Jesus. So let me say this. Regardless of what's going on. You may have situations in your life where it feels like you have flat tires. Four flat tires and you're stuck and can't move. Patch them tires up. Change the tires. Get back on the road and get to moving. Towards the destiny and direction that God has you to move. For he serves like that GPS. He's constantly speaking to you. Every time you might get off track. You might get a little, little weary and you're sidetracked. God is speaking to you this morning. That's good. Get back on course. Yeah. Get back on course. Get back on course. And I think a lot of times when you think about, you know, it, I guess different individual, you figure it, it even depends on yeah. your driving skills or just a driver, your personality. And sometimes I was just um, actually saying something to someone about just asking for help. And sometimes when we, when we lose direction in life, we will stay lost because that pride in us causes us to refuse Absolutely. to ask for help. Yeah. And sometimes we can save time in the process by simply pulling over and asking somebody to help us. And we have to understand in this journey called life that we all need help and we cannot do this by yeah. ourselves. So we got, sometimes we just need to pause and just say, let me pull over and ask for help so I can get in the right direction so I can make it to my destination on time. And so even as Prophet was saying, for anyone that's out there that you know you're supposed to be further along that you than you currently are maybe you need to ask someone for guidance maybe you need to ask for help the bible says there's safety in a multitude of counsel and i was talking to somebody else about that on saturday that the bible says blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel that's psalm one in the counsel of the ungodly but it's so important for us to even when we think we're right sometimes it's good you talk about that even in the prophetic class um you know to submit in even your prophecy or just having it judged but sometime in our life it's good to have uh, someone that you know you know has some wisdom or just to give you some insight just to have a different perspective or even to look and say yeah you're headed in the right direction or maybe you want to consider something else so i'm glad that you brought that topic up because i think a lot of times in life we find ourselves being stuck, but a lot of times our pride um, allow us to not ask for help. Absolutely. Um, or just our personality or, you know, so many things we feel like, you know, people to think this or that. Um, but, you know, I'm that kind of person like immediately because you have to understand how precious time is and how valuable it is and that you can't get that time back in a sense. You know, we know sometimes God accelerate us, but the reality is, you know, once today is gone, you can't go back into tomorrow to get back that time. And so it's very important for us if, through the process of life to learn to ask for help. 
we cannot do this by ourselves. We need each other because even Jesus sent his disciples two by two. They didn't go out doing the work by themselves. Even Jesus had his disciples with him. And so we have to understand we need each other. And I think somebody said, you know, from the beginning of time, that's the job of the enemy to bring division, yeah. not just amongst family, but just amongst the brethren, amongst people to bring division, disunity, discord. But I think if we get back in a place, just like the Tower of Babel, you know, when people come together and put their mind and begin to build, it's yeah. nothing they cannot do. Absolutely. 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 It's nothing that, uh, that you can't do and um i want to say this while uh, uh you know it's sometimes it's funny how scenarios will come out even um the scenario of uh the flat tires on the side of the road and so that was just something to just to just mention but i actually want to go right into uh i actually want to go right into this uh, i want to read this i'm gonna go right into hot topics right from there because that that was just something i was just mentioning based off the prayer but i actually want to read this so we're gonna go into hot tops this is where hot topics this is where it's the trending topics that's going on whether it be twitter whether it's cnn whether it's usa today and uh so it's just something that we want to uh read but there's an article that i want to read and the article is entitled uh cnn article a noose was found in bubba wallace's garage stall nascar says now, let me say this. For those that don't know who Bubba Wallace is, Derek Bubba Wallace is a stock car driver He uh, uh, in NASCAR. And so he's the only black, the only black the to, only. to get in this, um, yeah. and I'll even say a prestigious league of uh, race car drivers because this is one of those industries where where it's, it, it's harder for uh, – um, uh, black person to get in it, that's just the truth just like golf and different things because growing up we, we're not exposed to like you know uh, uh somewhere where you can just sign up for golf like golf like you can for like peewee football and basketball going outside it's like you don't you you just don't have like golf courses that you sign up to get training and all of that same thing with uh different sports so some sports that cost a little bit more it's easy many times for just a little black child to go outside play with football and a basketball and run because we're not exposed to uh, our parents aren't able to buy the paddings of ice hockey like i grew up like that so a lot of the guys that i grew up around even if we wanted to try that my, our parents they didn't have that money to invest in ice hockey equipment and all those different things so i want to say this so this is a league where it's hard to uh to get in and oftentimes you would see he's been very outspoken those that don't know Derek Bubba Wallace he's already been very outspoken about um this uh Black Lives Matter the movement and everything and now you know being the only black face in a in a environment where everyone doesn't welcome you it doesn't always go over that well and so he's been outspoken uh nonetheless and so i want to read this and then i'll come back to something so listen listen to this uh and this is cnn you can look this up if you like yourself so listen a noose was found in bubba wallace's garage stall sunday according to a statement from nascar wallace who is the only black driver in nascar's top circuit has been very outspoken in the last few weeks about the black lives matter movement and the corresponding protest he even called to NASCAR to ban the Confederate flag. And, and I'll say something on that, which they did on June the 10th. We are angry and outraged and cannot state strongly enough how seriously we take this heinous act. NASCAR's statement read, we have launched an immediate investigation and will do everything we can to identify the person or persons responsible and eliminate them from the sport. The racing organization also said the incident only strengthens our resolve to make the sport open and welcoming to all. Wallace took to Twitter Sunday saying the despicable act left him incredibly saddened and serves as a painful reminder of how much further we have to go as a society and how persistent we must be in the fight against racism. So true. 
This will not break me. I will not give in, nor will I back down. I will continue to proudly stand for what I believe in, Wallace said. NASCAR told CNN the garage area where the noose was found is restricted to essential personnel, which includes race teams, NASCAR officials, security, and health and safety personnel. Sunday also saw the first time NASCAR fans return to the track in Talladega, Alabama, where a Confederate flag with a defund NASCAR banner was seen flying over the track. Confederate... Confederate memorabilia was also being sold across the street. The race was postponed to Monday due to weather, NASCAR announced. And so, listen, I just wanted, I, I thought there was a, I just, when I see stories like that, I just uh, feel like it's, it's worth putting out there. And it's important for people to know this. Anywhere where you are the only standout, there will be buck back. There will be a uh, fight back. And you might not really hear about it. So let me say this. Just like if when Tiger Woods uh, was first, getting into the golf uh, arena he was not always accepted he wasn't always accepted it's only when the mass media when the world begins see when you're obscure and then uh, um uh, for him but when you're obscure people don't just receive you right away and so he got in an environment or in a sport where it wasn't the norm to see a a, a black face or another race and so he wasn't just widely accepted. Now, you see in Bubba Wallace, this is an, another thing. This guy's only like 24 years old, 24 or 26. Wow. He's a young guy. So now you got to realize something is that this is like through history, this is how you can study and do research on the sports. And so you say throughout history before there was uh, uh, you saw uh, black athletes in, in, in football, before you saw a lot of them in basketball, uh, what, what takes place is like once they begin to get involved in that sport, you see that that uh, we do well, we triumph, and we do well in it. But what happens is it's not always received. I remember when, when before you saw black quarterbacks, it was always this thing that was said. They didn't think black uh, black guys could be quarterbacks because they didn't think they could remember the playbook. Now those playbooks are it, it, it's it's extensive, but they didn't believe that they could do that. And so the black quarterbacks that would be able to get a chance, they would show up and they would do well. And you would see that same thing with basketball, and you would see them triumph. Same thing when they got in track and field, they would do well but now you see somebody getting in the nascar sport nascar is one of those sports where you will see that confederate flag on a lot of cars wow. you see what i'm saying and this uh, according to this has just kind of been banned but uh what i'm saying is that uh these things have to be highlighted and, and even the comment that he said you you see it lets us know how much further we still have to go yeah. because it wasn't just so what you have to understand in that garage it wasn't just other uh it wasn't like other drivers this was essential people meaning like security and officials and all those people that had access into this particular garage so it lets you know it, there are a group of people if one does it then trust me there are many that do not want certain individuals in there it, it even if it's not a black guy it could be another uh, race but it's some things that they want to keep them out of wow yeah and i saw a thing that they said um defund nascar i was like wow i mean that that says a lot <laughs> they're really make trying to make a statement. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, wow. Then I let me let me go off and say they ain't nobody defunding no oh, NASCAR. No, it's it's that's right. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not happening. Yeah. And then the thing is, so this is this is my take is that you know sometimes the actions of one ignorant person it doesn't speak for everybody. And and this is where I understand even our Caucasian brothers and sisters like man, this is not all of us. This is not all of us. And, and even this is what I have to do. Even as a black man and, and a, a, us that are other races, put yourself in this shoe. For the one that you know there's no prejudice or no racism, there's no, there's not a racist bone in your body, and, and look from that perspective of that Caucasian that said, you know, this is really hard for me right now because I know that this goes on, but I'm not racist. 
and this doesn't apply to everybody because there are many out there that's really like man i don't want people thinking that we're all like this i don't want people thinking that and so those are points that you have to bring up you know what i mean because we don't typically talk about that we want to stay angry we want to stay angry but there are a, a, a group of people that are really like listen this is not me I never, I, that was just never me. It was never me. So whenever these things happen, like we know uh, Caucasians with uh, with black children. And so the thing is, I know this is a hard season for them. Yeah, yeah, that, that definitely is a hard season for them. And you could think about, you know, for him to only be the only black driver there. And that's really a definitely a sign of tim, uh, intimidation. And I'm glad even LeBron Absolutely. James uh, tweeted yep. out there and told mm-hmm. him, you know, we got your back. We're LeBron James would tweet you. on yeah. anything, anything. LeBron, let me tell you, but he's, let me say this. He's a love of, of sports. Let, yes, he is. Yeah. But but uh, I, let me say this. Now, I will tell you this now. Okay, here we go. It took me, I'm going to say this first. Now, LeBron James is, is, is an animal on the court. But it, let me tell you, I didn't always give him his props because everybody always wanted to compare him to Michael Jordan. And so I was saying, but you know, within the last five, six years, I really had to say, no, this guy is phenomenal. But let me say this. LeBron James will take to the media, will take to Twitter every time. I, I respect that. And he does that. What I'm saying is that with his with his voice and with his, his popularity, with the fame that he has, a lot of guys won't do that. I, I and, and so as much as I, I would never give LeBron a certain props years ago when they would compare him to Michael Jordan, who was like my top three players, Mike, Kobe, and Allen Iverson, I will say this. The difference with LeBron James and Michael Jordan is that LeBron James is very outspoken in, in anything. If it's political, uh, if it's uh, if it's something that's done wrong, if it's a, a, a racial uh, uh, tension, he is very vocal. Even if it's another sport that happens, he will get on his Twitter in a heartbeat and say, I think this is disgusting. I think something needs to be done about it. He uses his power to help promote some kind of change. I'll say that, and I watch out now. This is the one thing which Jordan was one of my favorite players, but Michael Jordan, he was always really like, Really, uh, I, oh, I'm not going to get involved in that. I won't get involved in that. He would never. He, Michael Jordan, would never ever give his two cents on on a, on an issue. He would never just do that. Even to this day, you don't see a lot of that. But you'll see LeBron James quick. You let something happen that's wrong, he's going to be quick to do that. So I do respect that about LeBron James. I will say that. And so that's about the only thing that I'll give him over Jordan. The only thing. <laughs> <laughs> the only. But he's not now. now uh, all-around player better than Mike but if I'm looking at the stats and I know this can turn into a sports show because if I oh, get to talking uh, about that it'll go, go in there. another direction yeah but I, I don't know what made me go there you start you brought <laughs> that out of me I was just saying that he tweeted something but you, do you think the athletes back then and the athletes now is a difference where they feel like they can be more vocal because I feel like when you look back I remember stories about even boxing and how even they had to cater their commercials and different things um, you know, towards Caucasian or, you know, they had to adjust. They couldn't do or say certain things. They would be counseled to make sure, you know, you, you act a certain way, you spoke a certain way. So I think back then the athletes and now um, it's a different, you know, in changing yeah, society. Yeah, and yeah, the, yeah, yeah, I believe so. Well, I, I feel like one of the differences are because so back then when some of the athletes were just coming on the scene and you have uh, and then you would have one team with one or two or maybe four black athletes. They, they didn't have the power. They didn't possess the power. So in basketball and football, they're they're a small voice. Their voice is obscure. So that the thing is, this is that. There was no LeBron James at that time. You saw like uh, different ones or, or you, uh, there was no Michael Jordan. And what I mean when I say that is that 
their public appeal or their mass appeal or world appeal wasn't that great enough to have a big voice. So the thing is, they had to cater what they say. They're just happy to be in there. And so the thing is, you know, sometimes when you just get in the door, you can't say everything you want to say. When you just get on a job and you see some things happening, you can't say everything you want to say. So you yeah. got to kind of go along with it. Now the difference is Michael Jordan, LeBron James, the Kobe Bryant's, they're, they're an entity in their self. They're, they're, they're uh, entity himself. He can say whatever he wants to say, and his coach probably will be a oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You, you see what I'm saying? So the thing is, some of these coaches almost, you have to put people on a team that's going to please your superstar because that superstar is an entity in itself. Once you get to that level of being almost an entity in yourself, your own brand, LeBron James is a brand. You see what I'm saying? So when you get to that place, Stephen Curry is a brand. Uh, James Harden is a brand. When you get to that place, uh, um, they have a voice. And you can't stop their voice because their following is, is greater than uh, 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 many others. So the thing is, if LeBron James want to say, listen, I don't like cream of wheat. I want grits. I think you should choose grits. His voice is going to matter. He's going to put that in somebody's head. Yeah, I'm going for grits. If he say, uh, 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 hold up the banner for grits uh, uh, and ban cream of wheat, somebody's going to jump on his bandwagon. But, but it depends, right? Because look at, because I'm thinking now with all this stuff going on, why why isn't there an apology or um a reversal or bringing back the 49ers uh quarterback that they let go for knee and Kaepernick mm, yeah. why 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 isn't that oh, well, you know so he was he was i mean you know and, and let me say I, I believe this truth be told is that uh i believe that a lot are cowards i believe a lot of like uh personnel coaching staff and not only cowards but some uh because it don't make you a coward because you're concerned because the truth is there's a lot of, of cowardice but also is that people are so worried about fitting in so when i say this there are some coaches that know that colin kaepernick is a phenomenal the boy can can throw what? and he can run and you mean to tell me come on now the redskins i can tell you i i, I pitiful team could use him and so what i'm saying is that the thing is sometimes it's fear uh well uh, i don't want to bring this uh bring this to the you know, for Washington, of course, for the Redskins, they probably won't want to bring him here, especially after Trump, what some of the things that he said. But I'll say this. Um, the thing is, I believe that some coaches are fearful to possibly bring him on, not knowing that's going to be backlash. And you got to remember, I told you this. In, in America, the way history has been taught, it's like when somebody takes a knee on a flag for understanding finally what the meaning of it is, people get offended. Let me say this, and I'm not saying this to be rude, but – in the minds and hearts of most Caucasians, it's like I have allegiance to my country, America. I've heard. Uh, uh, I remember in like the '80s, I was watching something on a on a talk show. I want to say it might have been Donahue. I don't know if anybody even remember that. That's oh, old. Oh yeah, wow. And so, and there was somebody talking on there, and the man was saying, "Man, we fought for your freedom." And, and I was like, and, and I was sitting there, and this is why I was getting life lessons hearing this. And the gentleman that was up there was saying, he said, "You did not fight for my." freedom let me tell you this and, and he corrected me and i didn't know some of these things at the time this is like the 80s he said you didn't fight for my freedom he said matter of fact he said uh, um he said even when we wanted to fight we weren't allowed to we was only being able to be hired in the military to either serve you guys or labor and matter of fact when uh when uh when you took in german prisoners you even allowed the german prisoners to sit at the same table where you guys could eat even the prisoners and the slave and and, and the other black military ones that weren't able to do that 
weren't even able to do that. Wow. And even if you had found common ground with one of your prisoners that they could sit at the same table when even some of the blacks who was in the same military as you could not sit at the same table, that's insane. So basically what he's saying is that um, it's like you all tell history the wrong way because people tend to say that, oh, man, we fought my ancestors, my, my uh, great grand, my, my, my ancestors fought for your freedom. And the truth is told is that, no, we could not fight for our freedom. We weren't, we weren't even able to fight for our freedom. So we have people taking a, a bowing um, to the flag when they understand what the third stanza or the third paragraph of, of the Star Spangled Banner means. People just now are aware. Now, some people say, the young folks say, yeah, they're aware now they can stay woke because now they're aware of it. Now they're they staying woke. So the thing is, is like the question would be, is that for somebody to bring on Colin Kaepernick, they know that he's going to take a knee still. Well, well, uh, I just got to text somebody saying that they believe he did get back in the league. I, I, I saw that. a report that somebody was giving him that, that he might get an opportunity, but I don't. I haven't seen him get picked up by a team because I've seen this happen before where they brought him. He was supposed to come to like a training facility where a, a scout from each team was going to come there. That fell through. Then it's like something else fell through. So I need to see for a fact what team he's for. Yeah, because I might yeah. join that team because that was my team before yeah. the Niners. And I yeah. was kind of just disappointed. And if anybody's smart, whenever there is a lot surrounding a name, whether negative or positive, it always is a is a plus for that team. Because guess what? He's going to bring – people are going to view. People are going to watch that team. They're going to see how he's going to do. A lot of people want him to fall. I believe he's going to come in and he's going to surprise some people. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great quarterback. So for that happen, and I believe in a time where everything is being exposed, you know, first to start out, of course, we see with George Floyd and everything that's been happening continually and now the Confederate flag. And so maybe why won't they revisit everything yeah, that, yeah. you know, the, the anthem, the you know, everything that people are saying you're not yeah. paying attention to. Let's maybe re, let's rewrite this thing. Well, let's look, make look, changes. If we're optimistic, maybe they'll even remove not just the stanza, maybe they'll remove the the, uh, the uh, Star Spangled Banner because think about yeah. it, it's like you know, and it's like I'm even open to that because it, and I mean not not that I had the power to do this, but what I'm saying is that even with the Washington Redskins, you know, I've known them as the Redskins all my life, but didn't realize you know growing up we didn't think about that that you know the uh, even the symbol that's on the side of the helmet is that there's a group of uh, like Indians that talk about look this is like offensive this is yeah. like kind of like it's like you know the black face for you all as African Americans mm -hmm. when you all see this is what this is to us and they want to have that removed so as much as I have allegiance to the Redskins, I'm like, you know what, if that's offensive, I'm okay with that being moved. But sometimes we don't want to let go of what we hold dear. And wow. so the thing is, it's like, listen, it's like the anthem is offensive, but we don't, we only sing the first verse. The, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm going to play this clip one day because I finally found a man to sing the whole verse. The, I mean, to sing all four. Really? Sing it. It wow. was, when I heard that thing, it did something to me and it bothered me. Wow. It, it like literally did. And so, yeah, but, we definitely should do that because, yeah. you know, sometimes people don't know. And I was going to say even, as much as we think that everybody, because when you're looking at multicultural, different people listen, and everybody don't know the full history. We don't know everything. And, of course, with everything that's happening, it's good for us to get back into our history and find out the truth of the matter. But, uh, Prophet, if you would, you know, if somebody's listening out there and they, and, they and they read that, and, of course, thank God for Google, and a lot of people can Google stuff, but what, how would you define to somebody that, that's listening? Could be from another country or, or never um, doesn't know about the, the history of Americans and slavery and all that stuff. And they're like, well, what's the news? What, what, are you, what are you upset? Like, what is that? Like, how would you define, explain to them why would that be an issue? Yeah, okay. So the thing is, so, all right. So to see the symbolism of a noose, 
it's like anybody that plants that they're very intentional because a but noose what is, yeah, okay, yeah a noose to us a noose is simply a rope that will be wrapped around a a, 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 a black man or a black woman or a black boy mm. or black even little girls and people don't realize this this is how we used to die and many times they were wrapping around the neck and let me say this sometimes it, it was heinous acts because sometimes there will be a suffering death and will be a suffering death now there, it, there was a proper way to do a, a, a so-called lynching and it sounds horrible to say a proper way to do a lynching where supposed to, somebody's supposed to die quickly if they if they are dropped down the noose is actually supposed to catch on the neck and snap the neck mm -hmm. supposed to be like a quick death but it was not that it was like it was slow strangling and it would be many times their arms would be tied behind their back and so there was no hope to even survive so it was a struggling it was a I can't breathe George Floyd moment and so what would happen is you got to realize it was just like a just like when you see like in the in the Roman Colosseums where they used to have even at one point in time where Christians was put down there and they would watch people die understand this is that when the lynchings would take place many times it would be a, 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 in a, the center it would be a, at the center where people would will watch a fight you know how people will watch a fight and a crowd would show up everybody will watch a fight and if you look and do your research and just look up some of the pictures you can look in the crowds and see a lot of the people were smiling and laughing as the man or boy was in agony suffering and many times it wasn't even that the, the neck didn't remember this there if you look this up uh, um and this sounds horrible so listen to what i'm saying is that there's a proper hanging that if somebody drops when you drop them or you remove the board from under their feet and they drop with the noose around their neck immediately the neck would snap but it wasn't like that they would suffer they would suffer and sometimes they would put them on fire up underneath while they were being strangled suffering while being burnt up underneath so if you look at it you ever look at some of the pictures online you say why do the bodies look burned because many times they were being burned while suffocating Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like, it's just like, you know what I mean? It's just like a torturous death. And so when you see a noose, anytime you see a noose, the first thing it's saying that some, this statement that it says to me is lynch. And it's like even, even past suffering yeah. and everything. But the first thing is like a uh, 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 lynch. And so it's uh that's uh it's, it's degrading. And it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's really evil. It's like, it's basically, if I was to say, uh, I couldn't even use it. it. It would be like same thing I would say for for how some people would say about uh, Latino people. There's uh, certain things that would like offend them. That's an offensive thing for us. There's many things that's offensive to us, but but that lynch the noose. It's offensive. Yeah, because when I you know we talk about different cultures. So when I was growing up in Jamaica, I didn't know anything about American and Black history. And even when I came here again in high school, I don't recall them teaching us about. Uh, black history and so but I remember um, you know moving to ball I mean to this era to Maryland and I remember going to the black and wax uh, museum yeah and that thing like did something to me especially to see um, the actual images or um, one of the things that really just like blew my mind is to see them you know hanging or putting a noose on a pregnant woman and then like cutting her stomach so the baby mm. can hang out and just die like that. Oh, that's wicked. I mean, I, that thing, it just, I'm like, who in the world could do such anus thing? Who could be such such wicked individual that you would, ha you know, hang a pregnant mom and, and cut her stomach so the baby can just hang out and die? Like, they're both dying in the process. And so, uh, yeah, the Black and Wax Museum, that, that just really... Um, you know, it just goes to show you how if people really need to see, you know, in case you have a, a 
you're like you lack sensitivity towards what black people are feeling sometimes you may need to go to the museum or um go to the history channel or look up these yeah. things to yeah. to see and not just when you hear it but when you physically see it it really does something to you as a human being i don't care what, I, it doesn't matter what color you are when you see it it really give you a, a broader perspective on the reality that these things really did happen and it's such evil and such wickedness and to, to the fact to see that um it's still happening and people you know possibly desire um for these things to, yeah. to happen and and for them to even do that that says a lot that's a lot of to work around such hatred because it's almost like you know you gotta watch your back like if you're gonna do that who won't cut my brakes who won't put something in my tank you know you yeah. really have to think on that yeah. level yeah because people are that evil yeah. and when your heart is that wicked you don't know what that person is capable of doing so that's like the first sign of threat then what next so if nascar doesn't really put their foot down and deal with this yeah. as soon as possible yeah. and make a statement that we're not tolerating yeah. this they these make, people are yeah. going to try well they're doing a verbal thing we're doing an investigation yeah. and we'll see where that goes yeah, yeah, because absolutely. if it really doesn't they're going to feel like oh you know you just put a band-aid on it but then yeah. they're going to show up back in another way they're yeah. going to try to do something uh, slick you, you can't know? put a band-aid on it yeah. and, and the thing is so the thing about this is that because he's had been so outspoken about black lives matter and all of this stuff you got to realize is that you know when you're outspoken and you're going up against the uh, the the agenda that somebody else has people want to silence you the symbol of that noose when you put it there this basically saying listen if you don't if you don't be quiet we're gonna get you you know what i mean and so that that's similar to me it's like it makes a statement it's like look they want you to be silenced they want to silence you obviously they hate what you're saying so they want to silence you so that's that that noose it's a symbol of lynching and it's a similar saying that we want to silence you yeah and i just i guess saw uh, like you said with the store with uh kaepernick uh um the, i guess he did not get something fell through so i don't think he's actually a part of a, a team yet but something a deal was supposed to go down but apparently it fell through so yeah we're praying that he's yeah. still you know I, I, a door just, open for him i just you know the thing i would love to see a door open for him because he's a phenomenal athlete and he's been staying in shape yeah. but i i'm i always want to be optimistic but you know, I, it's it's hard to. I don't want to speak anything in the atmosphere and be pessimistic and speak something indirectly. But it, it's it's hard to believe that the National Football League. I'm just saying this. It's hard for me to believe that they would put him back in because you know he's going to take a knee. And so you got to realize that offends oh, that yeah. that that offends a great yeah. majority of this land. Wow. You got to understand this. But this is what I'm trying to say. Explain to those in the name of America's allegiance. Understand this. To understand what the third stanza means, to understand that, you know, you don't want to, it's like, you know, how we salute or put a hand over our heart, like in allegiance. So it's almost as if us knowing what it means, and, and this is a hard thing, us knowing what it means, knowing that it's a, it's a part where it says, no refuge could save the hireling and the slave from the terror of flight or the doom of the grave. And we still supposed to just sit there wow. with our hand on our heart. And I and like, like, yes, Wait, repeat yes, that master. Again. It's like, no, it's a phrase that says like, uh, it's no refuge could save um, the hireling and the slave from the terror of flight or the groom of, a gla of the gla grave and the star ban spangled banner triumphed our way back to the or oh, the land of the free and the home of the brave but yeah not free for us 
Yeah, that's <laughs> not free for us. Yeah. And so the man who wrote it, you know what I'm saying, uh, and, and he wrote it in 1814. You know, Francis Scott Key, he, he, when he wrote that, you know, um, he was, uh, he was, uh, he always came against, always came against, uh, 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 he was a lawyer. And so he always came against that because he owned, he was a wealthy man because of his family, his generations in his family owning slaves. And so it's like people don't understand what you got to realize in, in, the, in the war of 1812 is that, listen, we could, we were fighting with the British for our own freedom. And then two years later, 1814, uh, um, the Battle of Fort McHenry, the same thing. The same thing. And so, and what was happening, Francis Scott Key wrote that thing saying, uh, um, you really thought you was, you was going to be free from being a hireling and a slave? You know what I mean? No, it's nothing that could keep you from uh, uh, going to the grave. And so, you mean when to know that, that's what it is. When you hear any piece of the anthem, once you know your history, let me tell you, once you know that stuff, you realize, guess what? I, how can I sit there and salute? You know what I'm saying? Knowing that it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like you write me a love letter, letter, letter. Somebody write me a love letter and I'm only reading the first paragraph. Every time I read it to people, I love you so much. I think the world of you, I honor you this and this and this, but I don't read the third part of the paragraph where it says, you know, but uh, you know, I, even though I love you, I'm leaving you for another man. I'm this and this and this. And it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, we, st I'm still trying to hold on dear to the good part of the first paragraph, man, that whole letter speaks against all of that and so that thing was written in 1814 it was like 117 years that before that thing was even instituted as the main uh, as the anthem for our country and so my thing is like while we're at it while we're fixing things up why don't we do this why don't we just get rid of it why not because it wasn't even what was being what was really what was being sung even before that uh, 1814 all that it was it was um I want to say uh like um it was like to my country tis of, uh, tis of thee or whatever and and there was another one but even before the anthem was instituted so I'm all I'm saying is that I would want the majority and those that have allegiance to who the Southern pride and Confederate flag and uh, you know what I'm saying uh, um and those who are so gung ho on on the anthem I would I would love for them to just put themselves in our shoes if you if we wrote something in a job or let's say this you know how you're going into the army army and you have to swear in if you're going into something say you're getting a job say you're coming into a job I'm gonna put this out there to you guys if you're starting a job as soon as you get in you got to do an oath of the job and as a as um as a, let's just say this as a as a Caucasian individual or another individual and part of you say I I I um I willingly accept all roles responsibilities hands up you can do that I will uh, I will be obedient I will show up on time I know that as a Caucasian or as another race I know that I am an inferior race and I must bow down to another uh, uh, uh to someone else we would put our hand down immediately we wouldn't want to want to uh, uh you know uh, give an oath to that we wouldn't want to do that and so this is what it feels like and so the truth is told let me be honest there are many individuals that knew nothing about uh, when Colin Kaepernick took a knee. Colin Kaepernick brought a, a great awareness to much of the community because guess what? A lot of people, even 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, yeah. never knew what the Star Spangled Banner meant. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't know about the You could be standard. singing something and don't yes, even know what you're saying. Don't even know. Yeah. And, and so it, it's an underlying message uh, subliminally. And so, but what you wow. got to understand is this: now that Colin Kaepernick has made everyone aware, that's when other players, because you got to realize this, a great multitude of people never knew that. And when he brought exposure to it, guess what? People begin to go and do their research and say, "Oh, wow, this is." I'm not doing it then either. I'm not either. Yeah. 
I'm not either. And there was only a few, like I would say in the Olympics many, many, many years ago, like decades ago, where you saw there was a couple of guys on the, on the stadium, uh, um, gold and silver, and they had their hands up. They put their fists up in the air when the uh, national anthem was being played. But he wrote a, a book. But also is that he was aware of all what it means. And so I would say this, when somebody understands the truth of history, come on, if you're really being honest, put aside your allegiance to what has failed. Put aside put aside your allegiance to what sounds good or what's the norm. Sometimes we don't want to let go because we're so stuck in tradition, but it's possible to be stuck in some uh, tradition that's founded and based like and wickedness is, is wrong. And so I would yeah. say be willing to part with that. Be willing to let that go because it's offensive. So it's standing um, still. If, you, if you're standing, you're not singing. It's still the. Yeah, a lot of guys still stand. And so and then on the flip side. The same? No, no, no. Because, you know, some won't put their hand on their heart or, or salute or whatever. So some guys are deliberately getting on their knee because you're letting them know, listen, I'm not. I'm not standing for that. And so the truth is, I'm glad Colin did that. And so let me come from two perspectives. When you've been an athlete, because you've been an athlete, like Ramon's been an athlete, you've been an athlete, we've been athletes. So we're so used to, before games, to always hear the anthem. And so we're so used to putting our hand up or all this. But we, we did it in ignorance. We didn't know. And, and let me say, so the thing is, you have so many people that say, listen, I feel like it's offensive. Those who are in military, in the Marines, in the Army, and I understand their angle too because it's a brotherhood system. And so, but the thing is, you got to realize, listen, I know it's sisterhood and brotherhood in the army. You all really feel true allegiance, but you got to understand, I understand why, why uh, people don't take a, why people won't put their hand on their heart, why people won't salute, why people won't do that. You got to understand that. Don't look at it as being offensive or somebody is coming against our America because this is my country too. But the truth is, is that that needs to be removed. And, and I just saw this online, I guess I'm not sure when it actually happened. Uh, but they say the statue of Francis Scott Key toppled in San Francisco. The statue of Francis Scott Key, who wow. was known for writing the Star Spangled Banner, but was a slave owner, was toppled by a protester in San Francisco during the uh, demonstration against racial injustice. So look at that. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what I, I think I was talking about that a couple of weeks ago. But that's what I was saying. Francis Scott Key, he was like a, he was like a, he was a wealthy man. He was a wealthy lawyer. You see him in Baltimore. You see him in. Uh, he was the district attorney in in Washington D.C. And so he always, he was the one lawyer that always took a stand for any kind of abolitionist movement. Always, he was very outspoken that that uh, Negroes don't deserve freedom. That we was an inferior race. Very, very, very outspoken. So for him to write that, makes sense. Yeah, but for this is the thing is these are smart people that that's you know that's put constitution into place and all these different things my question would be is you know for those that uh was uh, that allowed this song to be in the play was that this is 117 years after the battle of fort mchenry it was like the uh, 1814 when he wrote that my question would have been why did you wait all the way and i want to say it was like 114 117 years like 1931 they've adopted we adopted this song as america's anthem my question would be you know just your history and your homework you know that francis scott key he was a, a from a lineage of a, of a slave owners and always had slaves and he was very outspoken he was a district attorney he was a lawyer very outspoken against uh, uh negroes being free and any kind of movement for their freedom he was against it and spoke and out of his own mouth spoke how uh, negroes was an inferior race i would ask the question how then 
did this song that originated from a racist, a bigot, a prejudiced man who owned slaves. And now 117 years later, I want to say 1931, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's 1931. I'm wondering why did it get instituted as America's anthem when you knew who he was? And so you see what I'm saying? So it's like, it, it's, it's sad. Yeah, well, you, yeah. even though we know we weren't, it's like we 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 went through all kind of hell in like the, in the in the thirties and the forties, fifties, even sixties. Civil rights move with Martin Luther King and all that. You see the rise of the Black Panthers and all of that. Yeah, we went through all kind of, and, and even now it's still we still somewhat go through stuff. Well, yeah. well, we do a lot, a lot. Yeah, but I think that's what I was gonna bring up. I said probably when it was written, all that was still in place, and and that was the norm. So of course they agreed with it. You know, he's a slave owner. The rest of them probably were too. Um, so then, you know, but now that, again, that we are aware of and we're trying to make changes, they should incorporate making a change to that. Yeah. I'm sure there's someone out there that can write a beautiful, um, you know, that, that w will be, won't be offensive to any particular race. And so yeah. that, sh that shouldn't be an e a hard task to do, but something that we can, you know, all, uh, uh, there's a lot of gifted people in the world that can make this happen. So I pray that they will have an ear and um, remove it. Um, I think people are fed up, and I think this won't go away until change is uh, made. And that the pro you know those that make the law, the politicians, yeah. those that are out there, you know, until they hear us. And I and I'm you know I'm proud of um, the black race for standing up, of course, in peace, but. Um, yeah, fight for justice and make a difference in the land because these things has to come to an end. Because if you don't stand up, you know, they always say, if you don't stand up for something, you won't, you know, <laughs> you'll fall for anything. Yeah. And so we have to make our voices be known. We have to uh, stand up and we have to, you know, fight for justice on all level. And so what I love about what's happening is that it's not just, um, you know, focusing now on one particular area with the, um, the police system it's really exposing a lot throughout the entire systems of the world and not just in america but even abroad and see how discrimination and racism is really i mean a lot zoned in on the black race and i can only imagine how the jews felt when hitler um you know mm, was, was yeah. after them and was killing them because hitler was i mean you have to feel like uh, who's our who's our hitler now that's trying to destroy us you know but they they hated the jews so much you know the concentration camp and all the wicked stuff we've seen uh that happened to so many jews and uh man and and the story behind it and now it seemed like you know history is being written again with the, with a black race and what's happening to us again and all the persecution and how you know we're being uh almost lynched in in different ways we're, we're being killed in in a different manner uh, but we're still um, our life is still being taken from us unfairly unjustly and it's taken this long for the system to really to do something about it and the truth of the matter the more we dig in we realize that people have been complaining there's been multiple cases against not just different officers i'm sure if we go into different uh, corporate America and people if people if they just had a website for black well, I'm pretty sure they probably have one but for a website for everybody can plug in yeah. throughout their life every black person when they felt or were, they were discriminated against it would be so much it would be a lot um, you know that we will yeah 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 no 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 I, I, I get that I get that it's, it's so true listen I, you know what I was um 
I, I was thinking on this is that uh is that you know discrimination is real is real and even when you was thinking you know that believe it or not my mind went here even and it's not even dealing with uh what's at hand but i was thinking about even how people can discriminate on you that are closest to you and uh th and for whatever reason my mind just went here and so i was thinking on this is that uh I, and i think uh, um this might be something good to do and so i know we, we have to do scripture today but i was thinking about this how many times people can see you and i'm going in a different vein so we're not even talking about right about the race thing and so for whatever reason, I was thinking about Joseph or whatever while you was talking about, why, I was thinking about you Joseph. You and his spirit. Yeah. Why? Why? I literally was gonna say that Joseph really came in my spirit. I was gonna yeah. talk about Joseph. That, yeah. Look, I literally like I, I'm serious when I say, well, that's the Lord. But listen. So anyway, I was gonna say is that sometimes the people closest to you can uh, I don't want to say discriminate, but sometimes they can like hate on you and want to hold you back. And so I wanna um I know the story of Joseph like uh, Genesis chapter 30, 37. I wanna I'm a, I wanna pull that up. I just wanna read a piece of that because. We we can make this a scripture today it was would have been another scripture but whenever something just drops in your spirit or in my spirit i just feel like you just got to go in that direction it's just i don't know it's just how i believe i just believe like when god drops something in your spirit you just got to go with the wind go just with move, the wind move aside everything else so let me uh flip to genesis 37 so i wish i had the jeopardy thing music but uh okay here we go <laughs> so um genesis 37 i'm gonna read like a few of these scriptures because i just want to read this because this thing popped up in my spirit so listen now israel who was jacob Israel loved Joseph, his son, more than all his other sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a distinctive long uh, tunic with sleeves. But when his brothers saw that their father loved Joseph more than all of his brothers, they hated him. Look at this word, hated him and could not say peace in friendly greeting to him or speak peaceably to him. And I'm reading out the Amplified Version just because I like how it reads. Now, Joseph had a dream. Listen to this. And I'm going to say this because I want people to catch this. Now, Joseph had a dream. And his, remember, his, it said his brothers hated him. Now, Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him still more. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people will hate you for dreaming. And he said to them, listen now and hear, I pray you, this dream that I have dreamed. Here goes Joseph being all big to his big brothers. I, let me tell you this dream that I dreamed. We brothers were binding sheaves in the field and behold, my sheep arose and stood upright and behold your sheaves. Y'all stood around about my sheep and bowed down. <laughs> wow. His brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? So, you know, they were angry. Or are you going to have us as your subjects and dominate us? And they hated him all the more. The word hate was three times. You even saw that in the King James Version translation. Three times that word hate was in there. They hated him all the more for his dreams and for what he did. But Joseph dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brothers also. He said, see here, I have dreamed again. And behold, this time, not only 11 stars, but also the sun and the moon bowed down and did reverence to me. That symbolized his parents. And he told it to his father as well as his brethren. And his father rebuked him. Mm. rebuked him for his dream <laughs> and said to him what is the meaning of this dream that you have dreamed shall i and your mother and your brothers actually come to bow down ourselves to the earth and do homage to you joseph's brothers envied him and were jealous of him but his father observed the saying and pondered over it over it and that means he dwelled on it and he thought about it let me say this because for whatever reason when you was on discrimination my mind was going here many times People can discriminate. Let me move that word discriminate. Many times people can want to stop your dream and hinder your dream. And so uh, Dr. Martin Luther King had a dream. And it's like, you know, people wanted to hinder and stop that. And many times we have a dream. God has given us a dream. And you look at Joseph. He was hated 
for his dreams. Wow, that's He was good. hated for yeah. his dreams. He was hated for the potential of becoming greatness. He was Listen, he was hated for the potential of becoming greatness. Remember, he was the younger brother at the time. He wasn't that great man. He just had a dream. And many times you can be hated just for your potential of potentially or possibly being great. And you might not even be that great thing right now, but somebody, there are people that can see there is greatness that's in you. And many times when people can see there's a, there's a, there's a, a spark of greatness in this individual, we got to hold this one back. And so you will see, we know the story of Joseph. I'm not going to read all of it, but the thing is this, is that, you know, sometimes I would like to say this. There is a season of hiddenness and a season of being obscure before you reach the platform or before you reach the masses. There's a season of being hidden. And so Joseph, well, it was purpose on purpose. They, they meditated in the heart because the Bible said they conspired to kill him. They conspired to kill Joseph. And so what you got to realize is that Joseph, all Joseph did was have a dream all he did was have a dream now albeit there might have been some pride because hey my brothers y'all come on over and let me tell you what you're going to do for me one day you're going to be rubbing my foot you're going to be rubbing that bun you're going to be fouling down my or, toe you're going to be pouring my <laughs> drink and you know and so of course they were angry or what say that or could he be have been you know the youngest brother at the time um could he had possibly been just being naive and excited and was just sharing it um mm. to his brother mm. You know? That's really good. Yeah. That, let me tell you why that's good, because this is something that I say, even in you being excited. Let me tell you this. Even when the Lord shows you a glimpse of your destiny and purpose, be very careful to not tell very many people. Yeah, it's so the sad. truth. It's the truth. Because in your zeal, let me tell you, there was times in my zeal I wanted to tell, oh my goodness, the Lord showed this to me. He showed this to me. I remember, especially in the beginning, if the Lord showed me something that 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 might have been like like for me, it was new for me. I knew people, I knew prophetic people like a lot of my life, but I wasn't functioning at one point the way some of them were were. And so I remember like the first time I, I ever heard the Lord speak somebody's name, it baffled me. Like it baffled me. And I was so excited. And I realized this. The more you tell somebody about what God uh, speaks to you, people would, would actually like seem like they were bothered by it yeah. or either jealous or either just like, like, will you stop? Mm -hmm. And so I learned real quick, you know what, let me not. I learned this real quick. There are certain places I would go around certain friends, and it's sad when you call it a friend. There were certain people when I go around certain friends, I knew to drive a, a specific kind of vehicle, to not drive the nice vehicle, to drive the vehicle that wasn't as nice because it, I could tell, and these were friends of mine, but I could tell that when I did drive a certain vehicle around them, it would bother them. And they would throw little comments off, so I realized. But it's sad that I had to, like, appeal to yeah. their, to, to that. And so I'm telling you this because this is the truth. There's been times I had to dumb down a blessing or make it, like, you know, just uh, it, it's just so somebody else wouldn't feel some kind of way. And so I'm saying that is that, but be careful of telling your dream. You can say, listen, uh, I, I, God showed me that I'm going to start this business. I feel like God gave me a, a, a desire for this business to do this. And somebody, they can, like, just hold you back. By saying, hey, uh, how you, how God going to do that? How you going to do You got to have some money to do that. I mean, that ain't possible because all your family never was able to do that. How you going to do it? And if you tell your dream to certain people, either people are going to speak into it, speak in life by supporting, by speaking positivity, speaking faith, or they're going to help tear it down and cause you to begin to question, is this dream of God? And they can cause you to begin to tear down your own dream that you won't even pursue it. So you can't tell your dreams to people. You can't. Yeah. Select few. Yeah, you got to find the right person, the people that you know that are in your life that's in your corner. 
and that they're going to support you and you know encourage you in your process and we and even earlier when you're talking about just getting back on you know uh your your navigation system and so i'd even say this to encourage somebody out there if you have a dream that you know god has given you and for whatever reason you've allowed the voice of somebody else to shut you down and cause you not to pursue that which god has given you it is time for you to get back on track and i pray that god will bring back that dream to your remembrance that you won't um you know like they did joseph they tried to throw him in a pit they tried to do everything but as we realize at the end of the day they cannot stop what God has already yeah. purposed to be in the yeah. earth in the name of Jesus. So I'm, I'm encouraging somebody right now because you may have a dream, an idea, and you have shared it with someone and they kind of was the voice of discouragement to you. Um, and so I want you to shake all that negativity off and just begin to refocus and get back um, you know, back on the right track and, and speak to somebody else, get some good godly counsel and, and get healed from that. You know, cause a lot of times we all go through that. We're, we're, you know, we're all human beings. I don't care how, um, you know, our title, our position, we'll have moments in life where, uh, the enemy always sends somebody in your life absolutely. to make you doubt yep, the word absolutely, of God. Absolutely. And you have to push mm, my, through come on. that. Come thing. on, come on. Like push through Say it that like again. something like a brick wall. Say that again. And it depends. You have to push through it. Yeah. And it depends who the person, because if it's somebody that you value of great a value and they yeah. are the one, the voice in your ear, yeah. oh, that that can do something yeah. to you. If it's a nobody, you're like, whatever. Yeah. But let it be somebody that you value mm. and they don't know. And so that's why we always have to be so careful that we either pray and hear God and not respond and tell somebody this isn't God or you shouldn't do it. And if it's a great idea and it's a God thing, why aren't we encouraging people? You know what I always say, even when it comes to the things of the Lord, I, I said this and I wrote a letter the day when we first got ordained as pastors. And I said, God, I feel like in this moment that if I was making an announcement saying that, hey, me and Jared decide to go back to school. We're going to get our master's, our PhD. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're going to be a lawyer, Applaud. a doctor. Oh, my God. I think the whole world would celebrate us. I mean, family, friends, everybody. They would be like, yes, this is, I mean, that's good. That's prestigious. That's all that you would get so much support. You couldn't even, you know, think about it. But when it comes to the things of the Lord, uh, it's a question mark, you know, and mm. the, the lack of support. Mm. And so we see how, because, you know, you think about it even in a lot of family, because I remember uh, talking uh, to a, a guy at my job that was like a VP and his daughter was in school. And so he mentioned, he was like, yeah, she want to she wanna study religion mm. and she want to do, you know, and because you see the damper in his voice, like wow. if it was, you know, a doctor or a yeah, lawyer. Yeah, yeah. He would be so, you know, excited to share that news. But no, she want to go to school for religion. You know, I think she want to be a minister. And it was like you could just see it was no mm. real true support yeah. or true excitement about it. Wow. And it's so sad that if our children, if somebody desire to not pursue anything else but pursue the Lord and to walk into their calling, uh, that's a, you know, you yeah. sure. You know, mm, yeah. how you gonna how you gonna feed your family, how you gonna provide, how what you gonna do? You know, all yeah. those things comes up and yeah. it's like wow. Yeah, I, I think it was good what you said because you know where my mind went and went to a story in the Bible when you said, um, and sometimes great people 
or great people that you can admire or look up to or those that you, you deem valuable to have a valuable voice, valuable insight, and you can have a great person detour you from the dream that God gave you because you see them as somebody great. And so I'll say this. You just said that if it was somebody that was insignificant in your life, that voice is not going to matter. But if it's somebody that you see is, is great or it could have been a mentor that tells you, no, that's not for you. Yeah. That's not. You'll actually move off of that. So you can get off course due to somebody that you see great in your life. Now, let me say this, because if it was somebody that was insignificant in your life, they wouldn't stop you. Now, I'm reminded of the story in the Bible about the prophet that uh, encountered another prophet or so-called prophet so the prophet was given an instruction to go home to not make any detours don't get off listen to the gps voice stay straight go this way don't turn off but then while he was on his way home another so-called prophet an older prophet came so-called prophet came and said listen you know the lord told you to come have dinner yeah, with me Jesus. and so because he's like you know first thing we do oh he's a prophet uh, 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 the great man that means surely i must listen to that voice then wow, he deviates wow. get you, off the path somebody right yeah now, didn't getting off the path because a, a prophet told you and it's like and the lord could have specifically told you but sometimes it's that we put faith in somebody with a great title so this prophet was given an instruction by god and i'm adding to this by saying stay straight gps says stay straight stay straight stay straight strong. but another prophet came and said, but the Lord told you to come mm. have dinner with me. Mm. Surely he's an uh, older man, an older prophet, a prophet of God. He has the word. And he goes and obeys and listens and turns off the course where the GPS told him to go. He goes that course and he eats after the Lord told him, don't stop. Don't take a break. Don't eat. Don't stop at Burger King. Don't get nothing to eat. Go this way. Wow. He didn't listen. And the Lord told him, because you disobeyed, you're going to die. Yeah. And he died and was um, tore up by a lion. And so what I'm saying is that many times is that if you get off course and you listen to another voice, that can cause your dream to be devoured, mm. to be devoured. This man was devoured. And many times we take somebody who we deem is great. Now, we are supposed to give ear to hear the advice uh, and counsel of, of good godly counsel. That's, uh, the Bible talks about safety in the multitude of counselors, Proverbs 24, 6. Psalms 1, 1 talks about blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. But let me say this. But you trust those that you really deem and know are valuable, respected uh, men and women of God that you listen to. But there comes a time where God will speak directly to you. And sometimes in the name of uh, um, in the name of somebody not wanting you to leave or go somewhere, that man or woman of God, many times there have been times where they'll be like, no, it's not your time. Mm -hmm. Or the Lord says no. And we trust them. But the truth is sometimes some don't want you to go mm -hmm. and keep you from getting to your destiny or to your dream. And you got to be very careful that what you listen to in, in the name of oh, a prophet told me to come have dinner. Mm. that you can go make the wrong move yes. and because of that now your destiny your purpose is devoured yeah and many times we in the name of a prophet saying follow me and in 20 years after you've been there 20 25 years in the name of being there follow me it, now it seems like all the desire and the motive motivation all the strength and the unction of once wanting to do what god has told you to do or even whatever it was opening up a daycare or whatever you've never uh, pursue what God had purposed for you to pursue and then at times if you're not careful your dream and destiny can be devoured and swallowed up wow and what I what I love about what you were saying prophet even you know with with our ministry and again you know having 
um, you know, and when people come to us, a lot of times we say, go pray. Even if we yes. know the Lord is saying something, we'll say, go pray yes. about it and yes. see what the Lord is saying to you. So it'll never come and back so as manipulation. It'll never come back as manipulation that we said that. And then also you always tell people to go where your peace is. And mm -hmm. so I love that when I see you do these counseling yeah. and how we, you know, people waiting for us to say, no, do this. Yes. And we're like, no, you can, go seek yes. the Lord. Let, Let the Lord speak to you yes. so that you can say the Lord told you. Yes. Yes. so that you can never come back and yeah. say we did anything or anybody else could bring us into yes. any because what you're saying is true there are many moments in time where there are people that will come to us in counseling and want us to tell them what to do yeah and so it's like now there's one thing when god reveals a word but the thing is the one thing that i've learned is that you never as a pastor you never sit there and say the lord says for you to join here yeah you don't do that yeah the lord can speak that and show you that but you never tell them you're supposed to be here you never ever want it to be said that it was manipulation so sometimes they say well i feel like i'm supposed to like i feel like this i'm supposed to do this and i feel like i'm supposed to come here i never say well come here i, I don't say that i always say listen you pray to god you pray to god if you're at a home church and you pray to god about what you need to do i said and i would tell them you don't even when the lord's told me they're going to join here i've said to them you don't rush out the door of your church until you hear god clearly and then if that's what you're going to do then you have to do it the right the way, right way the right way and so many times they want you to tell them something and that can make a uh, that can give you a bad name yeah. it can give you a bad name and make it look as if they're just trying to steal members yeah. somebody else pastor might think something like that and let me tell you this there's never been one time we've ever tried to pull anybody from yeah. anywhere so i always say listen pray to god i'll never tell you to just come i'll never do that pray to god i've had somebody call me a friend of mine who called me said man he said um oh no i can't say it i can't because he might be listening i really really want to you know just encourage somebody out there because if i share a little bit you know about you know even prior when we went into ministry and and even the prophetic word and even just us being led uh, by the Lord even on this journey and I want to encourage some anyone out there that's listening if God has given you a dream or have told you and and you know God has spoken to us and I remember um had a dream and the Lord um sent someone in my dream it was like one of those dreams where you just you know was shaken and the Lord was like the time is now go now like those are the specific words I remember in the dream the time is now go preach prophesy that's what the spirit of the Lord and I mean it came so strong in the dream on the young lady the Lord used in the dream to say it to me that I woke up shaking in my dream that's how it, it was like the Lord was like this was serious because he literally I woke up like literally shaken in my dream yeah. when that happened. And I mm. never felt the, the presence of the Lord so strong that I woke up and I'm shaken. Mm. And so I remember writing it down and, and sharing it with my leader, of course. And so the whole process of that. And then you always have, again, those voices of discouragement or. Um, you know, of course, knowing the timing and the everything of God and doing everything in the right way. Um, but, you know, again, remembering the dream. And so there's somebody out there, you know, like I say, remember the dream, remember the dream, remember the vision I gave you. Remember the things that I've spoken to you. Uh, don't lose sight 
of that which I've spoken to you. Um, because he said, eyes have not seen and ears have not heard and neither have they entered into the heart of man, the things that I have in store for you. And so sometime, you know, you have to get that dream back out and you have to dust it off. And, and I just want to encourage you, even along the way, there are going to be very different steps and important time and season of your life where again, the dream and the vision will be attacked because the enemy never wants you to complete and fulfill the assignment that God has given you. So even you may get strength in one moment, you'll begin to take off and you'll find where the enemy would try to uh, put a detour in your life again. And we're talking about this morning about staying focused and, and going and not de you know, detouring off the, D the GPS or the navigation system that God has set for your life. And sometimes the enemy have a way of rerouting us and causing us to sit at a standstill or have us going around in circle or doubting the word of God, doubting the dream of God, doubting what God has spoken over your life. And so you have to, you need somebody in your life. And, and I believe God has, is so strategic because there were multiple stages in my life where I felt, I even told my husband that I, I felt like I wanted to quit. I wanted to give up on ministry because of voices or or people that were close uh that made me felt that way and so uh you know god would use again uh, my husband mostly or he'll use uh different of course leaders or the people that i knew i believed on the gift of the god of god on the inside of me and then also god would reveal himself in a dream and he will begin to see he would always use someone to speak to me in the dream so even like two nights ago I had another dream where I was in the dream and I was crying and I was saying you know God it's almost like I wanted to quit and then all of a sudden I'm 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 holding my head down I'm crying and then somebody show up on my right and begin to prophesy to me and begin to speak into my life and and begin to share like what was coming up against me and begin to encourage me in the dream like no you can't quit you can't give and then on the other on the right hand side then the lord had another person show up in the dream and begin to say no prophetess you got to keep going mm. you can't quit you can't give up and so god when when the lord when when nobody on the outside is going to do it he'll send somebody even in your dream to be a voice of encouragement <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he knows how to get you out of that place and even in prophetic class i believe it was thursday i was telling my husband he didn't know uh, what i was going through internally but i came into prophetic class Class and he began to speak and he didn't know again that was breathing life upon me and I was like thank you Jesus like he didn't know what he was doing I'm sitting there like he doesn't even know how how much he's blessing me right now how much he is uh just pouring life back into me and strengthening me and so I just want to encourage somebody yeah, out there yeah. don't give up on yes. especially your God-given dream like yes. you know it is God yeah. and I pray that God will put good people good leaders in your life that will push you that will encourage you that will yeah. hold your hand through the process yeah. and what I love and I'm watching in our ministry is to see people taking flight yeah. that we're still family Come we're on. still connected they're not Absolutely. leaving us but they're we see their own stuff that even things that you have prophesied to them we see people taking off in their businesses in their ideas and we're seeing them being blessed and it, it's such a beautiful thing that yes, you know we, we never make it like we've seen like it's all about the pastors or the leaders yeah. no there's so many gifted and talented people in the body of Christ yeah. and if we could support and encourage each other Absolutely. and realize Come that on. we got to take away this 
all about me, this Lucifer uh, spirit, me, 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 I, 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 you know, it's all about me and realizes that we are in this and yeah. we got to understand from the beginning of time, the devil has been, he is, he is a mastermind for division and discord and he's been doing that with family, he's been doing it with churches and yeah. we don't understand that the power in unity yeah. and, and that's why Jesus, before he left, he told the disciple, you know, sit and wait and tarry and the Bible says they were together on yeah. one accord and the, the Holy Spirit came and so if we could come together on one accord and begin to put our mind and work together and, and realize that we are all supposed to be blessed just like the apostles of old they all came together with everything they had and they placed it at the feet of the apostle and they said no one lacked anything and that's where we should be in the body of Christ where there's just not a select group of people there's not just one set of people that is prospering when you work it god way everyone should be able to prosper everybody yeah. should be able to benefit yeah. if we will work the principle of god if we will have the heart of jesus christ and we begin to come together in unity and want everyone to be blessed and not saying oh I, i'm this and you're that no what i know i should be able to impart into somebody yeah. else that does not know and help to bring them up to a level where everyone should be flourishing the gifts and everyone should be Absolutely. blessed amen absolutely, absolutely. and that's a beautiful thing if yeah. we can get there prophet yeah absolutely i think it's uh what you're saying is uh is powerful uh, you were saying a few things about the dream i want to say something about that but also when you were talking about being remembered and you know and uh it's important to know that uh even in uh luke 23 it's like uh i want to say like the 42nd verse the the thief on the cross remember one of them was saying um uh, remember me remember me remember me uh this day and so and so the lord remembered him and not only remembered him but he said um he said the, the thief was saying remember me when you come into the kingdom and jesus said in him verily i say to you today you shall be with me in paradise, paradise i want to say this is that even in that thief's uh, a moment of agony what you gotta realize on the cross moment of suffocation he's suffering and not being able to breathe in his moment of agony it's like many times we're in our moments of agony and, and when we're in our greatest moments of agony the lord is saying i'm going to remember you i'm gonna remember you if you look at uh joseph i'm gonna go back to that in uh the 40th chapter the last verse and you gotta uh, say this i gotta say this is that joseph let me say, and before I even say that, listen, you ask yourself the question, and I thank God. Sometimes God gives quick revelations right on the spot. And, and, but listen, you got to ask yourself the question, why did Joseph, how is it that Joseph became a dream interpreter? You ask yourself that question. I, I'm just asking myself this question right now. What caused him to be dr a dream interpreter? What made him become that? Could it be that, remember, the dreams that he would tell, nobody wanted to hear. His brothers didn't want to hear. So they didn't want to hear that. His dad, they didn't want to hear the dream, but yet his dad pondered on it. So Joseph obviously was a dreamer. We know that. But when Joseph was always, uh, he would he had an up and down roller coaster of a life. He was sold off. He went into the pit, put him in the pit, sold off into slavery. Then he's taking to Potiphar's house. Now he's working as a slave, but he's uh, raised up in the house of Potiphar. Now his Potiphar's wife lies on him. Now he's in the prison. Now he's in the prison suffering. Then he uh, ministers to a baker and a butler. Now Joseph's dreams weren't thought about they didn't listen to his dreams so joseph perhaps could be like man i'm gonna take other people's dreams serious mm -hmm. so the baker has a dream he's like let me hear your dream because they wouldn't want to hear my dream the butler has a dream let me hear your dream nobody paid attention to mine perhaps i'm gonna help you with your dream nobody helped or believes or supported my dream let me listen to yours the baker told him his dream he said you're gonna die in three days the other man says what about me in three days you're gonna be giving your position back and guess what and even after that he gave he gave them help 
he gave them support for their dreams that he didn't get from his own brothers when they hated him for his dreams. They hated him for his dreams, and he becomes a dream interpreter. And so he's interpreting the bakers, the butlers. And then it says, uh, chapter 40, verse 23, the last verse of that chapter says that when, after Joseph had said, just remember me, the butler said, but the, jo but the butler did not remember him. Rather, he forgot him. Then the opening chapter of 41 starts out two years later. There was a need of Joseph's gift. There was need of his gift. And then the Pharaoh, guess what? Guess who has another dream? Pharaoh has a big dream. And so remember this, Joseph becomes, remember for Joseph's dreams, they hated him for his dreams. But Joseph said, you know what? I'm going to be of assistance to people's dreams. And he ends up becoming a big help. And so God remembered Joseph. It was two years after that. So Joseph had been pretty much forgotten from 17 all the way, all the way up until like um, 30s until he saw his brother. Because the first seven years of the, of, of the plenty, he still didn't see him. It was only when the famine took place. So Joseph was about 37 or so when he saw his brothers again from 17 years old. So that would have to be about 20 years. And so you say this is that, you know, Joseph was remembered by God. And I want to say God gives dreams. God gave Joseph a dream when he was 17. And he didn't see it at 18. Didn't see it at 19. Matter of fact, he had challenges, was in the pit. Didn't see it. Had some more challenges, was a slave in the house of Potiphar in a pagan place, pagan nation. Then he was now thrown into a prison. Still didn't see his dream. Probably was still dreaming, still dreaming, but not seeing the dream. That's powerful in itself. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Listen, still dreaming. But still not seeing the manifestation of the dream. So Joseph is still dreaming, interpreting dreams, being a blessing to others, all while God is working the things out of him that needs to come out. Mm -hmm. And so now look at this from 17 all the way to, to he come before he comes before Pharaoh. He was forgotten, mm -hmm. forgotten. His life had to feel like extreme abandonment to be forgotten, to be forgotten. And many times you got to realize this. It deals with hiddenness. And, you know, there's a message that you did uh, a long while ago, but yeah. I always I always that's like one that I love probably the most because God gave me even so much after that. After I heard you, I was like, oh, my goodness, I, I need to do a part three to that. <laughs> I need to. Put, I was like, yeah, I, I'm like, I got my own notes for that. I'm like, listen, yeah, and I was, was like, listen, first message hit, I preached, yeah, hidden, but not forgotten. forgotten yeah. And so to understand what's hidden, the thing that's hidden is not hidden. It's just never been discovered. Wow. So the thing is, it's that's there. Good. So, listen, the baby that's on the inside of a mother it's hidden to the world, but it's just not seen. Mm -hmm. So is, is, is it really hidden? The question is, no, it's there. It's just covered up. Yeah. So many times we have dreams, we have gifts. It's there. It's hidden. Yes. The world doesn't see it. So in archaeology, mm. is, 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 they call it new after they discover it. So they can find an ancient artifact from 700 years ago. Does it mean that it's brand new? No. no. It's always been hidden. Wow. So sometimes it's only when the layers come off and it's like your gift is exposed. Now the world sees it as new. Yeah. They see it as discovered. The hidden thing that lies on the inside of you, it's always been there. And it's sometimes hidden to you, too. You don't yes. even know it's there. Yeah, yeah, yes. It's the truth. It's yeah, like God I did it with know. my own life. Because there's some things even I'm like. Be preaching. Yeah, it's, no, at five years old, I always you said. You did. I'm no, saying I, I didn't. didn't. No, no. So at five years old, remember this. I said, at five <laughs> years old, I said, a kid, this is like just a random. I said, I want to be a preacher, a cop, and a mailman. That's what yeah. I said. Now, now, when I was like 16, 17, 18, 19, I was like, I don't want to be no preacher. That's what I was saying. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like, yet the gift lies in you. The world only calls something new once it's discovered. Yeah. But it's really not new. It was only hidden. Yeah. It's always been there. And until the layers come off, it's like that's when that thing is like it, it won't be discovered or the world won't see it until it's until it's open. And that goes from obscurity to now to uh, validity, from obscurity to validity or from obscurity to now to where people see. 
you ever feel like you know there's this tugging like I, you know sometimes you can't explain some things that are spiritual and somebody maybe out there that's feeling you know you're feeling this pull and this tugging and i feel like even now that's just 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 a present precious present of the holy spirit and i always feel like this tugging or this pulling and it just made me feel like there's so much more and he's trying to expose it or pull you into understanding and revelation of really who you are what i've placed on the inside of you and that's why it's so good um, even to explore everything because you don't know the possibility that God has on the inside of you. You may just have a desire That's for something explore. and explore it. And you don't know how it mm. may need to even be cultivated because yeah. it's there. But you need somebody to sharpen it, somebody to yeah. polish it off. Yeah. And because mm -hmm. deep down inside, there may be a singer, there may be an actor, there may That's be a, a, a songwriter in you. Because when I think about uh, my life, unless someone stretch me and push me, and said, you know, because even though we were part of something that, you know, again, thinking about, um, well, Moses growing up in the house of Pharaoh and had to, you know, probably being stretched and learn a, a different, a lot of things. And I remember being asked, like, oh, to write poetry and these. And I'm like, I'm not a poet. You know, everything you say, mm. I'm not this, I'm not that. But even just in your attempt to try, you'll find that like, wow. wow. So it's about discovering. And sometimes we, we have to not be so boxed in in life that we don't know the possibilities that are out there. This yeah. world is so grand and it's so amazing. If you've taken a trip to the Grand Canyon and you've looked over and you see like, oh my God, our God is so amazing for mm. him to do these vases of different things and so much how less that there may be so much richness and gifts on the inside of us that we have yet to explore yeah. and see that th yeah. it's there and maybe it's just a little rusty mm -hmm. maybe just need a little polishing there you go. but you just need to yeah. step out and begin to you know polish that gift or yeah. begin to strengthen that gift yeah. you know whether it's singing again songwriting i didn't even know i could um write songs of god that god would Absolutely. give me songs yeah. but the minute i get closer to him things will just begin to flow and the bible says out of our belly shall flow what rivers of living water and so we have to understand when it comes from the true stream which is the holy spirit it's going to be pure it's yeah. going to be clean uh, it's going to be sanctified by yeah. god yeah. And so we have to stop going into other streams of yeah, trying on. to make things work and trying to make yeah. things happen but we need to stay in that yeah. pure anointing of the holy and spirit and i wanted to just say something based off what you just said i thought it was so good i like the word explorer yeah. because it took me back to something that i was saying about archaeology and so listen as an explorer and then you say this as an explorer uh, archaeologist is an explorer they're looking for ancient artifacts and so Ooh. when you were saying you gotta polish things like and so listen if you understand this when you're saying sometimes you need somebody to help polish your gift and help yes. you sharpen it listen archaeologists when they go exploring once they find or discover an old vessel let's just say old uh, a delicate pottery that's still fully uh, uh together they have to clean off the dust, but they are very careful to dust it off with a light, light brush. They know they can't be too hard mm. to, because they want it to be able to be presented well. It's now discovered, and when they set it up for an exhibit, they want people to be able to see it without it being cracked or messing it up. So even the person that cleans it off, they have to take great care to make sure that it's presentable before it's seen at a showcase of rare artifacts. And so it's just like that. There are gifts that are hidden in you, and you say you have to explore, and you'll be surprised what you discover. God is, listen, there is this treasure 
in these earthen vessels. We are earthen vessels, first of all, because mm -hmm. if you look at Genesis 2, chapter 2, verse 7, man was formed from the dust of the ground. It's only the breath of life that is breathed in us that makes us a living soul. But this flesh turns back to dust. But what you got to understand, there is treasure in this earthen vessel. Wow. You've got to be the explorer, like you were saying, find out what it is. Yes. Find out what it wow. is. And so listen, it's like, it's only when you got to realize when somebody goes in a region, they might go to a region of Pakistan based off of history's timeline. Say, let me try to find I'm looking for this particular thing. And sometimes the, the hard layers are the dirt and it'll be like a, a decades worth of dirt piled on top. So it'll be something that might be three, four miles below. And sometimes archaeologists, you know, they'll take the little uh, metal detector and sometimes the metal won't, that won't even detect if something is a few miles down. So they'll do something where they'll take they'll bomb they'll. Uh, place bombs to blow out some of the dirt so they can go deeper once they blow out maybe like 100 feet of dirt then they start digging through and now they're more careful now all the dirt that they start digging now they're being more careful with it and then they end up oh i just tapped something there's something there now they're being careful they're being careful until they pull out that treasure that's deep 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 in the earth and if you understand this even like if you look at like uh, diamonds and anything it's found deep in the earth deep in the earth deep in the earth so that that gem that special thing is found deep deep you got to pull it out it's hidden mm -hmm. but it's there so i just want to say this is that uh, you, you may be feeling like you're hidden but you're not forgotten you're hidden but you're not forgotten you're hidden but not forgotten so for all those out there that feel like you're forgotten because there's no spotlight or there's no exposure shining on you you are not forgotten Maybe hidden, but not forgotten. You are a diamond in the rough. And listen, to understand this, even there's like way down deep below the Earth's crust, it's like something called the mantle. And so you got to realize diamonds are even formed there. You see how how you would see mine workers that it would be they would be all, they would have to go far down, far down underneath the Earth to start finding rocks. And the diamonds weren't polished, they weren't perfected, but this is how they would find diamonds. And so let me say that they would oftentimes do bombs to blast certain things to break things up, but the thing that lies deep in you is hidden way down deep, deep way down deep. Our body is almost like the the, like the way the earth composition is. The earth is like 70% water. The human body is like 71% water. And so you got to understand is, is that deep on the inside, there are fountains of the deep. Just like in Noah's time when it came out, fountains of the deep and if uh, and the flood came. Let me say this. There are fountains of the deep that lie on the inside of you that have to burst out. There is something that is hidden in you that has to come to the forefront. And many times we see us in our season of obscurity and we feel like we're nothing because we don't have a voice to the masses sometimes we say god you've given me a voice to speak but you haven't given anyone any ears to hear and then if you've if you haven't given uh, 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 them any ears to hear who's going to hear the gift that you place on the inside let me say this god has given you something great and many times you feel like when you're resting in your season of obscurity that you're not valid because you're not on the platform of the masses you can be uh, operating in validity and you can be violent before the Lord although you're obscured towards man you keep pushing you keep pressing the day of validity to the people will come but this is a testing time it's a testing season you keep on pushing listen you press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling to those who are in Christ Jesus our Lord so let me say this regardless if you feel like you have no voice regardless of every post you make you might write six paragraphs on Facebook and you know it's the it, it's something that God gave you but you might get three likes and one thumb up on and you might not get nobody to comment but your mama guess what you are still valid in the Lord don't be moved by numbers don't be moved by crowds because let me say this is that if you're not careful every time you minister every time you speak or every time you go sing you won't feel like you're valid unless somebody gives 
give you accolades or pat you on the back and make you feel like you did something good. God wants you to be able to do something. If there was two people in front of you, if there was only two, could you preach like you was preaching to 10,000? If there was only five people, could you sing as if you was filling out a stadium? God wants you to give your best when there's nobody. Can you give your best when it's just you and God in a bedroom and it's just you being intimate with the Father, praying before the Father? You got to be able to give your best to him. So sometimes we're not even capable of giving our best unless there's a crowded room. And if that's you, then that means your motives are not right and you will get caught up in pride. Be comfortable in obscurity. Be comfortable when nobody knows you. Be comfortable when you're overshadowed. Be comfortable if nobody gives you a chance. Be comfortable knowing that one day God is going to raise you up because you will not be forgotten. You won't be forgotten. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, that really just stirred up. I just really been, you know, you've been talking, just feeling the presence of God and just even speaking to me and just realizing that there's so much more in you that I've placed in you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you're saying, you got to unlock those treasures. You got to go back discovering and, and, and unlocking. There's so much more potential beyond what you can see with your natural eyes. And you can almost feel that the the nabai yeah. stirring up and you know that i just been feeling that very strong you know as you were talking and just god just you know saying that just not to me but to somebody else out there that there is so much treasures and gift that i've placed on the inside of you and it's time to rediscover them it's time to discover them again it's time to go dig in and 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 and, and and knowing that God has placed something great on the inside of you, it's time to uh, polish that gift off. And I don't know if, um, like even on Sunday, uh, when we heard Maya saying, oh my God, that oh, was wow, so beautiful. Yeah. And to see how God is saying, you know, no, that gift is still there. I placed that gift on the inside of you. You just need to polish it up and, and come out because it's so rich and it's so great and it's so uh, powerful. And so for anyone that's listening out there that the gifts of God that God had placed on the inside of you, don't allow the voice of discouragement from anyone to make you uh, uh, not open up the treasures that God had placed on the inside of you. Don't allow the voice of discouragement from anyone to say that you can or you won't or you shouldn't. Um, obey the voice of God and begin to uh, begin to take care of those gifts or begin to ask God, what else uh, have you called me to, to do? What else, what other gifts are there locked up on the inside of me uh, that I'm afraid to explore or I've allowed the voice of discouragement or even my own fears and my own insecurity to hinder me from really digging in and looking deep on the inside of you. And sometimes you may have to do it privately or, you know, sometimes people may not believe. And if you, if you hear the Lord saying you're called to sing, sometimes that gifts just need polishing. You know, you may start out if he call you to play the keyboard, if he call you to dance, uh, preach, whatever, to be a business owner a doctor lord whatever it is that the lord that you know that there's a gift because there's a passion on the inside of you i encourage you to explore the possibility because there is so much in god there is so much the bible says the holy spirit he comes and he said he is the teacher of all things that he would teach us and so if there's something on the inside of you that you desire and we looked at Mm -hmm. you know back in the days of even the azusa street and all the 
those wonderful miracles that would work where people would just automatically yes, start yes. playing the keyboard or they said people would um, or Catherine Kuhlman would talk about people that would just begin to sing and their voices would sound like angel we don't understand the supernatural and yes. the powerful yes. and the anointing of God that when it shows up it causes a natural mm. man to begin to do supernatural things things that you thought you didn't have the ability to do yeah. when the spirit of the living God overtake you yeah, you on. become like superman superwoman you begin to do things that you couldn't do in your natural ability because he put the super on our humanity and yeah. we become uh, almost like you know uh the, with the with the power and the presence yeah. of the holy ghost yeah. it's just something beautiful yeah. about him that he just he just anoints you he empower you he equip yeah. you for the task that's ahead of you so i want Absolutely. you to be encouraged today and i want to encourage anyone out there that if somebody in your life that you know is called to do the the work of the lord whether the fivefold office gift um be there for them just like how you would if they were going off to college to be yeah. that great doctor because the truth be told when i was trying to finish up uh, my degree i had more support people were like oh i you know i had people to babysit to help they were like really encouraging and so the same thing you know i know there are people out there they're like i want to serve the lord and god forbid you ask your family can you watch the kids what time are you going to be back? Are you hurrying up yet? We've heard that so many times so many from times. Uh, people that but we if know. You, but if, you're, if they were in college or trying to pursue, oh, my days, that's something to brag about. Oh, my daughter, my son, about yeah. they're about to become a doctor, a lawyer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're going to be. That's something. Oh, I'll watch them for you because yeah. that's something we get to brag about because to our colleague, because to the world, that's more prestigious to say, oh, yeah. your yeah, son absolutely. and your daughter is a doctor. Oh, doctor so-and-so. But, you know, somebody said, oh, he's an apostle. She's a prophet. She's a pastor, a yep. teacher. Mm -hmm. That's not something people go around and say, oh, my son and my daughter. You don't see the same excitement in those yeah. things. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's true. It's true. And so when you were saying it, it, it reminded me because we've had a lot of conversations with people that will say, you know, you know, um, no, my, my, my family won't watch the kids because they know I'm going to be at church. And it's uh, but they're fine if they're going to a party and they'll allow they'll watch the kid while they go to a party all night. It's amazing how I see that. But um, you said something. Um, Babe, that stood out. You kept saying uh, when we were talking about you were saying about exploring, exploring the gift that God is placing inside of you. You were saying to dig deep. And you kept saying that word. Every time you were saying that word, my mind, it was going back uh, uh, to it. My mind gets quickened to, to stuff in the Bible when you say certain things. But every time you say that, I was beginning to think about how you, we know that Abraham was blessed and he had he was uh, uh, well off wealthy. And so when he died, the Philistines they stopped up the wells. When I say that, so Abraham had yeah. wells digged. And so after he died, remember around wells is where life, that's where you would feed the cattle. That's where life was. That was like a central part for wherever they would live. That would be a focal point because the wells served uh, as much importance to that community. But they had wells and, and his father, uh, Abraham, digged wells and named them specific names. But after he died, the Philistines blocked up the wells with earth. That means they stuffed in, stopped the earth, stopped the wells from being used for what they were used for, for life, for sustenance, for water. And in essence, what they was doing was trying to stop the wealth of that like family line. Mm -hmm. So guess what? But Isaac, the Bible says that Isaac began to redig his dad's wells. Wow. Where yes. there was life, where there was blessing. Now Isaac is on his own. Hallelujah. And Isaac began to redig the wells. And sometimes, let me, before I finish that, I want to say this. Sometimes you have a dream that you now have stopped up, like the Philistines stopped up the uh, well. And let me say this. So don't picture, imagine wells just being that well where you see like a stone that's like, 
like three feet above uh, the earth. Sometimes a lot of the wells back then, you walked down into it. So it was a big hole in the earth, and they, it was created where you walked down steps to go down there. And so there was earth. They stopped it back up. And so guess what? But Isaac, for whatever reason, found out where the, he put he redigged those wells. His servants redigged them wells. And what happened was he redigged the wells, but the Philistines stopped up. The herdmen of Gerar, they begin to to uh, say, this belongs to us, this belongs to us. And they were striving between each other, no, this belongs to us. So then Isaac goes to redig another well. And he redigs another well of his dad. Now it's flourishing. And now they say, now another group is like, this belongs to us. And then then they did it again. Then they we went and redigged another well. And this time it, it was it was it, once they redigged the well. They said, you know what? They just let it go. They didn't even buck up and fight with them anymore. And so many times as you dig wells and uh, you're trying to do something, when you're digging in, it's a grind. It's a press. It's hard work. It's pressure digging the wells. And so even though the Philistines stopped up the well, it's in a sense trying to stop what belongs to you. Many times you can have a dream and you got to dig into the well of, of the gift and the well of water and the well of what God has placed in you. And many times you can let people stop your what should have water and life coming out they can plug it up with dirt dirt and and grime and it makes no life come out and you got to redig them wells and so isaac redig the wells and he redigged and redigged and he became prosperous prosperous mm. prosperous anywhere that he redig like water came and so god is saying for many of us dig in you were talking about digging in listen you be the explorer you begin to dig in you're going to strike water you're going to strike oil you're going to strike something but you got to dig in nothing comes on the surface level no great stone you'll never find diamonds just laying out like a like a uh, growing up like a piece of corn you're never going to see that every precious thing is always deep pearls are deep in the clams in the ocean let me say this diamonds are deep in the earth everything that's precious oil it's precious it's in the earth you know the fragments and the pieces of gold is all mixed in the earth so let me say this the deep the, the the thing that's so precious the gem that's on the inside of you the gift that's on the inside of you is not on the surface level it's deeper so you got to go in deep you got to you got to go in deep dig in deep just like you were saying yeah. dig in dig to in. pull that gift out yeah yeah that's we, we really have to dig and i felt that so i mean just even from my own my own life like god is saying there's yeah. still more there's, yeah. there's still more you really yes. haven't unlocked uh, that which is I on feel the that for my life too inside of you and and it was funny you know because of course I got the prophetic word but even again just to remind uh, even the dream and I, I think I shared with you but the part again I just shared that those two part and sometimes even God is speaking to you in the dream of the gifts that's on the inside of you so the part that just came back to my remembrance was the guy who the enemy had knocked out and it was like they were dead and it was like the Lord, you know, either you're going to have to deal with that spirit or the guy that was laying dead or you're going to resurrect them back. And I remember going over there and laying hands on him and he came back to life. And so even in that, like the Lord is saying, you know, there's so much you, you got to tap in to that anointing, even, you know, to raising the dead and yeah, to absolutely. healing the sick. And that's going to so, happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can actually go into another vein even just from that. But that's uh, it says so much more even than that. And I can go into a place. It's not even enough time with 12 minutes because that's when you when earlier when you was in a particular place, I saw you were getting caught up. That's when I just started talking because I was looking for you to speak. And then I saw the tears come in your eyes. And so I was like, you know what? Just uh, 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 go in. But but no, um, God, we serve a good God. We serve a good God. And so let me say this. The thing is, and I, I'm going to say this because it's 12 minutes before we're we going to be checking out. But let me say this. We serve a good God. Guess what? You yes. serve a good God. 
if you serve my God, listen, we in good company. So it's an honor to know you because you're a brother, you're a sister of mine. Yes. And guess what? We, we, we serve the greatest God. We serve the only true and living God. So listen, rest assured and know that God got you. He got your dreams. He got your unfulfilled dreams that didn't yet come to pass. You got to put that yet in there and you got to keep believing. Listen, you got to believe. Galatians 6, 9 says and let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we'll reap if we faint not i told you and we press towards the mark of the prize you got to keep pressing you got to keep pushing no man that puts their hand to the plow and look back is fit for the kingdom so listen apply scriptures like that to your situation to your life to your dream don't start your dream and then turn back and just say i i, I can't do it anymore i can't i don't have the support i don't nobody sees me as anything i don't have a voice i don't get a chance to to speak at the church they won't even do this you listen you let God does what he has to do with you. The Bible says your gift will make room for you. When, when your gift is really activated and you're really walking in your gift, trust me, don't worry about it. Your pastor will notice you. See, let me say that again. When you stop trying to prove yourself that you got something, when you stop trying to prove that I'm gifted too, just start following the Lord. When you go in deeper, when you spend more time in prayer, when you begin to seek God, the more, let me say this. The gift of God some of the gifts that take place when you really dive in deep and you have the indwelling uh, Holy Spirit on the inside, there are nine gifts that are available to you. That's a whole lesson in that. Nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. But now let me say this. When you begin to operate in, in, in certain gifts, when you spend time with the Lord, let me say this. Regardless if you have no name, I assure you that pastor that you might be around, that church that you're at, when you begin to really operate in the gift and the Lord is really flowing and it ain't no generic prophecies, it ain't no things where you're just trying to make yourself look as if you have something that you really don't have. Listen, when you really begin to flow in the gifts of God that God had for you, the Bible says your gift make room for you and it will take you before great people. But it's in time. And it's in process. Don't rush time. Don't rush process. Joseph had a dream at 17. And he didn't see his brothers until he was about 37. And he was forgotten. Joseph's life was like, was up and down. Joseph was favored by daddy. Joseph was hated by brothers. Joseph was put in the pit by brothers. Joseph was taken out the pit into slavery to Potiphar. Joseph was raised up in the house of Potiphar. Now, guess what? After doing well as a slave in a pagan nation, now his wife tries to sleep with him. Now she lies on him. Now he goes from being raised up in the house of the master. Now he's in the prison. Now he's in the prison, get raised up in the prison. Now he's dream dream, telling dream interpretations in prison. Then he tells the baker and the butler. And guess what? He said, man, just remember me, bro. Just remember me. That's all you got to do for me. Just remember me. Man, I'm going to do that, my guy. I'm going to remember you, my brother. I promise I'm going to remember you. As soon as he get free, I'm free. Joseph who? Because it ended with that verse saying he didn't remember him. He forgot him. Mm -hmm. And then it was two years later, the need of Joseph's gift. And Joseph had a gift that nobody else around Pharaoh had. And so guess what? When your gift is needed, that's when you will be needed. But you got to rest and be patient and be encouraged resting in that. Yeah. And so listen, please say, share. No, no, no I was going to say, I feel like while you were talking and just remembering all that, I feel like God, God is remembering even the black race. I believe God is remembering us and hear the crying of the injustice in the land. And, you know, God, I have a way when he hear the cry of his people who come off his throne and come down and see about them. And I believe in all this that is happening out there, that God is hearing the cry of the injustice in the land. And so I believe that God is going to, you know, intervene in that, you know, it's all it, as you were talking, I was like, you know, they can't hold us back and they can't hold you down. Yes. Yes. We're so strong. We're such a strong people. And so it doesn't matter 
how people try to enslave us out and people try to hold us down it's just it's impossible we're strong 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 people come on and we're gonna we're gonna persevere through this we're gonna overcome this and we're gonna stand for justice we're gonna stand for truth and god is with us and he said he'll never leave us nor forsake us so begin to stay in that place of, of doing what's right and continuing you know to cry out for justice in the land because god is hearing the cry of his people yeah. in the name of Jesus. There is a cry. Yeah. There is a cry in the land. There's a cry of innocent blood yes, that has been shed. Absolutely. 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 Say that again. Say that again. There's a cry of innocent blood yeah. that is being shed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, um. It, yes, it is. And, and, and God sees that. God sees that. But listen, yeah. I, I really believe, I, I really believe that, Um, I really believe we're in a good time. I believe that even through all that we're going through, I believe that all through we're going through, I, I believe we have to look for, we have to look for the good. You got to look for the good. I believe God want to do something. I believe God want to encourage his people. God wants his people to know, listen, <coughs> it's not over. But listen, God is looking to send an overflow. Do you hear me? I'm going to say this. God is ready to send the overflow. Amen. So listen, in I spite of the it. floods and the waves of catastrophe, there's still an overflow coming for the people that are looking for it. There is something called rain. Yes. And there is something called latter rain that we are looking for. So in spite of it all, listen, let me tell you this. Listen, God is going to bless. He's going to send blessings. He's going to favor you. And I want you to be encouraged. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I'm saying this to those who are having dreams, who feel like I've been dreaming since I was a kid and nothing has ever become of my dream. Listen, I want you to know that God has not forgotten you. Listen, it don't matter. I always say this because I need you to get this. It doesn't matter what it looks like. We walk on water. We're the body of Christ. We're Christians. We are Christendom. We can walk off the boat and walk on water. That means we are to see miracles, signs, and wonders. We are looking for the latter rain. We are looking for the Lord to overwhelm us with his rain. We are looking for the latter rain. We are looking for God to overflow us. You understand? This is a good season. But listen, the Lord is coming for those that are looking for him. The glory that's coming to the church is going to come for those that's looking for it. You have to begin to be a glory chaser. A glory chaser. Not someone that's chasing the stage, chasing the pulpit, chasing the microphone, chasing the next moment where the spotlight is shining on you. God don't need that. We have enough of that right now. And truth be told, it's disgusting. God is looking for those that will worship him in spirit and truth. God is looking for those who are trying to seek him, that will early rise, that will diligently seek him early in the mornings. This is what God wants. We serve a jealous God, but he wants us. He wants our time. He needs us. He wants us. Listen, we have a God who wants to reveal to us. It's so much he wants to show us and reveal to us. And he's only saying if we only could just have some little bit of time for him. Well, guess what? Today, we got more than a little bit of time. So we're going to finish this and conclude this program. But listen, I want to say this as we pray out. I want you to remember this. God has not forgotten you. There is a day of remembrance just for you, my brother. There's a day of remembrance just for you, my sister. I don't care if things ain't work out right. I don't care if it seems like you can't get a job. Seems like it's a struggle. Feel like things are just hard. Things may have been easier for other people in your circle, in your environment, but for you it seems like it's been pretty tough. It doesn't matter because we serve the God of the impossible. And you got to believe by faith. So listen, we're going to believe. 
We're going to believe. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Father, we bless you. We bless you and we honor you for being a good God. Father, we thank you that you alone are worthy. You alone are righteous. You alone get all the glory. You alone get all the honor, Father. Father, we believe you. We trust you, Father. And God, we know that it's not over. We know that it's not over. God, we trust in you. We won't give up, Father. We won't give up, but we look to you and we believe that by faith, Father, that God, that all things will work out for your good, for our good. So, Father, we love you and God, we bless you. Father, we bless you for all that you do. We honor you for all that you do. Father, you're so good and you're so kind. And we need you, Father. We need you like never before. Father, my prayer is that you'll be in the midst of all we do and all we say. Father, be in the midst. Father, let us know that it's not over, that you haven't forgotten us. Father, there's somebody out there who are tired of trying. Because their faith is tested with time. And time has a way of draining and taking away their faith. But Father, my prayer, God, is that you would strengthen them. That you would encourage them, Father. That you would blow on them. That you would breathe life in them. Father, that you would touch them in a place like never before, Father. For it is the time for us to rise up and be the true body. The true ecclesia that we are meant to be, Father. So God, as we begin to arise, God, let you arise on the inside of us. Let your spirit arise on the inside of us, Father. Father, make us alive and make us aware and give us strength to fight and press in another day for father you have not forgotten us and i know that you're with us father and we honor you father we bless you we give your name the praise and the glory and today i want your people to know today you can make it today you can stand today you can take it another day today you don't have to give up today you can press today you can press on through and push on anyway the bible says i press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling to those in christ jesus our lord you can make it in spite of what it feels like you can make it even when you feel like you can't you can make it in the world uh, even when the world makes you feel like you can't you can make it i want you to know you can make it you can make it you can make it you can make it you got to speak this life to yourself speak in the mirror when you look at yourself and say you can make it you can take it you can stand you can stand in the evil day having done all you can still stand knowing that jesus christ is with you so father we bless you and we honor you and we give your name the praise and glory for you're worthy in jesus christ's name we pray Somebody say amen. Amen. Listen, amen. it's been a good day. It's been a blessed day. It's been a holy day. It's a beautiful morning because we are in God's neighborhood. That makes today a, a brighter day. day. Listen, if yesterday was a bit dark and gloomy, you got to know that today God is thinking of you truly. This is Prophet James. Prophet is feet. And this is Brighter Days in the Morning, y'all. I'm one half of the Brighter Day Morning Show all by myself. I'm not good flying solo, but I tend to think we make a dynamic duo. We like two peas in a pod, not twins, more like Twix. We give you something sweet, but some real substance in the mix. That means you have to chew on what you heard and what you learned. It's always Christ's perspective, and we apply it with the word. Listen, simply a voice to provoke and inspire, but to cause an awakening in you. It's our greatest desire. That awakening brings life. That awakening brings hope. That awakening brings peace. That awakening brings Jesus Christ to you. And when we speak, we're speaking the keys to life. This is Inspiration 360 Radio. Dot com, home of inspiration, motivation, and, and transformation. Listen, 
Y'all be blessed. I'm getting caught up because I feel the Lord right now. Yes. But y'all be blessed. Know that God is with you. You don't got to give up in the yes. midst of adversity. In the midst of it, you are triumphant. You are more than a conqueror. You got to know who you are. You got to know the child that you are. You are a kingdom heir. You are a kingdom heir to the throne. You got to know your rights. You got to know your power and your authority. Speak life to yourself. Don't be in a pity party. You got a dream in you. It's up to you now to dig deep and pull that thing out. Pull it out and be all that God has chosen you to be. So from our family to your family, Team Jesus all the way. Y'all be blessed. Take my heart and mind, exceed my imagination, say.
going to speak blessing over our generation. We're going to speak blessings, multi-generational favor coming upon you. That God's blessing will put you in places beyond your education. Open up doors beyond your training. That God will drop you in the middle of the biggest days of your life. And that God will give this generation an abiding presence. Something that you don't have to stir up. Something that you don't have to crank up. Something that doesn't have to be worked up. But may God set up his tabernacle among his people. And may the presence of God be with you. May God bless you and strengthen this day and this generation. In the name of Jesus, if you believe it.
of the journey Always enough When I am lonely, you're there Everything I need Love all around me You'll never leave me alone When I'm ready to give Lord, you won't let me go You keep holding me When I'm ready to give Lord, you won't let me go You keep 
to break all these cycles, to break all these cycles, generational cycles, financial cycles, painful cycles, Shout to the Lord in here. You know that he's good and his mercy endures forever. And 